In this week's episode, I interview Christine Daigle about her experience with Kindle Vela, and she gives lots of tips and insights for successfully writing serial fiction. Is Kindle Vela for you? Find out in this episode of Writing Pursuits. Welcome to the Writing Pursuits podcast, where authors like you discuss writing craft, author life, and book marketing strategies. I'm your host, Catherine McKee. I own Writing Pursuits and write and produce the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. In addition, I am a speculative fiction author. Writing Pursuits is for authors who drink too much coffee, endure judgmental looks from their furry writing companions, and struggle for words. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. Please leave a comment, a star rating, and follow the show to help others find Writing Pursuits. Christine Daigle is the co-author of the traditionally published steampunk novel, The Emerald Key, and two ongoing sci-fi and horror serials, The Molecule Thief and Dark is Away, under the pen name L.P. Styles. She is the co-host of the podcast, The Serial Fiction Show, and a three-story method certified editor. She's an ex-figure skater and sea glass collector. She's also pretty good at predicting the mood swings of her mercurial cat. All right, let's see. Um, I I really want to talk about your um Vela serials and um uh, like is does it go by Kindle Vela? Is that the correct name? Yeah, I guess it's totally Kindle Vela, but we mostly just call it Vela. <laughs> yeah, everybody just calls it Vela. And I did not know that you had two um serials going on. Yeah. They're both underway. They're both underway. So oh. uh Started both of them right with the launch back in July 2021. Um, it was a lot. So we're doing two episodes a week for each serial. So I have a co-writer, which is at least nice. That helps a little bit. Right. My co-writer is Ooh. Stuart Sternberg. And um, yeah, so uh, that's four episodes a week total between both serials. Um, and we've done two seasons for both of them. So we're doing a sci-fi and a horror Um you know, we got some advice uh, probably about midway through to kind of promote one. So we went with starting to promote the sci-fi. So we've been putting a bit more focus into that. Uh, the horror is continuing, but we kind of wrapped up season two and it's like, we'll get back to this at some point. Us. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to finish season three of uh, the sci-fi and then we'll see where we're at. Yeah. So do you know the ending? Vaguely. It, yeah. it's been a it's been a very different experience because i'm I'm an outliner. So this is different for me. I'm a big time plotter. I'm usually a more detailed plotter. um and I, you know, I've kind of been forced to go a bit hybrid. so more pantsing. Uh, so there's an ending in mind out there mm-hmm. somewhere, and we're getting to it. We at least have an ending for season three, and then we'll see what happens after that. So it was uh, episode. 100 that you just put out yeah not too long ago we just put out episode 100 which was uh somewhere in the beginning of season three we're at 100 episodes and that's just for the molecule thief right that's just for the molecule thief i think we put out about mm, 
80, 90 episodes of the other one. Okay. So, so like, how long are they been like word wise? Uh, they range. I think the shortest episode is about a thousand. Longest is about 2,500 words. Usually. Uh, I think we had one that went 2,800 words, but try not to go more than that. Cause you know, people get reader fatigue after reading on a screen for that long. So, okay. Yeah, okay. So we well, that's to interesting to know. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of learning that I guess like five to 10 minutes, if you're reading on your phone, you get reader fatigue. So we try to keep it there. And, you know, our paragraphs are very, very short, usually about one to two sentences, never more than four. So okay. it's a very different style than the novel writing for sure. Very different, very different. Yeah. Cause I was going to say like, one of my chapters is like, I try to cap them at 2,500, but that's probably an average and like a thousand words, that's like flash fiction. So. Yeah, it's really, really short, really fast. You know, um, there are a lot of episodes that we've written that, you know, in a novel would be like, oh, we're putting in this for pacing. It's a little bit of downtime and usually end up chopping them because when people are having days in between episodes, it's not like another chapter where you can just flip to the next one if you're caught up, you know, so you just yeah. kind of. Got to keep that oh, pace man. Yeah. So everybody's expecting them on like certain days. Is that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so we just publish, like a podcast. <laughs> yeah. We publish every Wednesday and Sunday. We started at Tuesday and Saturday, but changed because of uh, fave day is Sunday. So if you don't have an episode on Sunday, you can't get a fave. And that that's important for ranking on Vela. Oh, so yeah, we make sure we publish on Sundays. So that was going to be my next question. Yeah. What do authors need to know about Kindle Vela before they get started and fave day seems to be really important then. Fave day is very important. Um, we started, we had 10 episodes ready to go. I would recommend having a backlog because they go uh, way faster than you think. We're kind so of fast on yeah. the wire <laughs> right now of being able to schedule out because you have to schedule yeah. out uh, 72 hours in advance. So oh, we're okay. kind of right at, and you can just do it. <sighs> at the time. And they just publish somewhere within the 24 hours. If you just do them live right away, but if you want to schedule, um, you need to schedule 72 out. And people appreciate regularity. I guess they know when their regularly scheduled program comes on a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I guess wow. I, for someone just starting, I would say, you don't start less. If you think you can do two episodes a week, do one. <laughs> and right. cause you can always go up and people will always be happier. If you put out, you know, a bonus episode a week versus you know, not making your two episodes a week. So. so I hear get like, um, what did you say? Like 20 episodes? 20 is awesome. We started with 10, which mm -hmm. was tight. So yeah, 20 yes. would probably be a good idea. Especially maybe for a newer author who's not used to producing uh, X number of words per week. Yeah. And it is good. I can see how having a co-writer would be really excellent, very powerful so, <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask what are the main differences between writing serialized fiction and writing a novel, but I think I understand now <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> it's been such a learning curve. Yeah. Um, do y'all have a draft re revision cycle or is it pretty much we're going to do this? Did. <laughs> <laughs> we did when we started. So we started with um, alpha readers, beta readers, and an editor. And right oh. now we have a beta reader. That's where we're down. And that's so where you're at. We're editing it ourselves. I was like, oh, so for the first season, and honestly, I don't think there's too much difference <laughs> because it's not like you can't have a developmental editor because you don't know where you're going. You're mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. you know, writing hundreds of episodes kind of 
by the seat of your pants, even though we do have like a loose outline in mind, but um, sure. Yeah. And then we're using kind of per writing aid for our, our to self edit. Um, and we have one beta reader who is awesome. Who and must like, be very dedicated to the show other and, and kind of like, yeah, um, she's, she's amazing <laughs> involved, you know? Yeah. yeah. You'd have to have somebody that was really, and could remember what happened before and right. kind of have an idea of maybe where y'all are going, mm-hmm. you know, see if you surprise me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's been with us since the beginning has been our consistent beta reader. And yeah, I don't know what we do without her. Well, so. <laughs> where did you find your beta reader? She's actually a writer friend. Uh, so we were in pitch wars together. I did uh, the pitch wars um, writer mentorship in 2019 and we uh, okay. became friends through that and just kind of started reading each other's work and yeah, hey, that's the, the best, best kind right <laughs> yeah. there. That's the best kind. So um, what would you do differently now being experienced? If you were going to start a new series, what would you do? Um, so the start of this series is a little bit slower than I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more of a novel pacing because I've never written serial right. fiction before. So I think I would have, because I was like, oh, you got to meet some characters and, you know, that kind of thing and a little bit of character development. So I don't think I would have done that. I think mm-hmm. I would have come out with more of a, a bang and a faster pace. Um, yeah. So I wish I had known more things about marketing <laughs> before, <laughs> before I had started. What do, just, how do you market these things? It's tough and it does take some hustle. I honestly, I don't think social media um, really is that much of a help in terms of just like posting to your social media accounts. I don't think a lot of people find it there. Um, so, you know, a lot of it was just talking to other authors. Um, my biggest marketing right now is Facebook ads because they don't have AMS ads for Vela as of Oh, that's, that's bad. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I hear the rumor is it's coming, but it's, it's not there yet. So, um, (laughs) they're still in beta. We've been in beta for almost a year now. (laughs) I don't know. So maybe it'll get out of beta someday, but, uh, yeah. So the, the only option really has been Facebook ads, um, and then, you know, I've done like a couple other promos like Fussy Librarian and BookBub. Uh, honestly, they worked okay. They weren't that stellar. Um, right. because they're novel readers, mostly yeah. newsletters. Yeah. I, newsletter slots. So like with other serial fiction authors. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is there some kind of community around that? Oh, absolutely. You can just join Book Funnel and you can look for newsletter promotions on there. Okay. So you can look, you have to have uh, like a reader magnet, something that you can give away usually to join those. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I have them without, but like, yeah, you can look on book funnel um, is usually where I'm looking when I'm looking for a newsletter. Well, I had no idea that you could do serial fiction on there, but that, I mean, why not? You know, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? But Facebook ads make sense to me. Um, yeah. I'm just shocked actually that that Amazon doesn't have like Amazon right. ads. I don't, <laughs> don't believe that it's their own product. You know, you right. would think uh, they would be trying to support it. Was that all that you would do differently? I, I heard what I heard was started kind of like a television series where they just shoot mm-hmm. you out of a cannon and they let you catch up with the characterization and sort yeah. things out as things move on. Yeah, that's I would have started faster with a bit of a faster pace, a uh, bit more cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. And I would have advertised earlier. I didn't start Facebook advertising oh. in quite a while. Okay. Um, the visib- And, you know, it was okay because I was there first. Um, mm-hmm. So visibility was okay. That's now right. there are a lot of stories um, on there. So 
And the, really the key to getting reads is visibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, ads are important. So, you, you know, bringing in new readers are important if you want visibility, if you want people, um, they only have one fave a week to give to one story. So if you want to rank in those top 250 oh, series, you can't just favorite anybody. No, it is really, truly one, one favorite <laughs> one, the one to rule them all. One. And so it's difficult. It's difficult to rank in that top 250 and to get that kind of visibility. And really only the first couple pages get most of the readers. Um, Amazon's been doing some things to kind of try and mitigate that very slowly. Yeah. So they've been doing like a feature list and like um, if there's new stories, they have a new story list, but there's no guarantee you get on it. So So the biggest have it like by genre. No, they have oh, like see? categories by genre where you can see like top ranks by genre. So yeah. like fantasy, romance, whatever, <clears throat> but you have to actually click on that. So if you're going on to the first page, you're pretty much seeing the top five stories okay. and the featured stories and then the new stories. It's, uh, sometimes it's kind of like podcasts are all just thrown in the pot. And- yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I guess my next question is, um, is Kindle Vela worth it? Are you planning on doing more when you bring these series to an end? What do you think? Uh, that is a question. So <laughs> I think that is a question with multiple answers. It has been worth it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm probably a mid-lister <laughs> on Kindle Vela. I'm not one of the top, and I'm also not one of the ones without any visibility. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So it, it has been worth it for me. I know it has not been worth it for everyone. You do have to have some hustle with it. Like you do have to do your advertising mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, doing social media as just reminding the audience you already have. I don't think it's bringing in new audience, but to, you know, to remind your audience to go read and, and that type of thing. Um, so don't do fall behind. To, exactly. You do have to have <laughs> some hustle with it. It's not like you can just throw a story up and hope that you're going to get seen because it's not going to happen. Um, I came in with really no readership to serial fiction. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you are more successful if you're bringing in, um, a lot of your own readers with you. A lot of the people who are top rank already had like a tremendous readership that they brought with them. Okay. So in that regards, you know, it's, it's been a, a bit of an uphill battle for us, but it's been definitely worth it. Uh, we started at the beginning with like the launch bonuses and all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, the money has been worth it for us. I don't know if you're coming in as a newer author, what money might look like for you. Right, right. But, um, if you're bringing your own audience or if you have a lot of hustle, I definitely do think it's worth worth okay. doing, giving it a okay. try. This episode of Writing Pursuits is brought to you by Word Marker Edits, trusted by fiction authors since 2014 to take their writing to a new level of excellence. Featuring story analysis and diagnostics, Catrice McKee, a three-story method certified editor can help you prepare your story for the journey ahead. For more information, go to wordmarkeredits.com. And now back to writing pursuits. So craft wise, what kind of impact is this having on you? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's actually had a huge impact because I've always been a detailed uh, plotter Mm-hmm. And currently the novels I'm writing, I've gone way more hybrid. I'm doing a lot more pantsing. Um, I've started titling all my chapters with like funny titles. And that's totally from Bella. Cause you, you know, it's optional whether you want to title your episodes, but if you want right. to hook a reader in, 
if you have some, you have to have clickbait. <laughs> yeah. If you have some clickbait titles, right. They definitely will catch a reader attention. So now I'm like, I've been putting funny titles in the chapters of my novels and you know, my beta readers are like, I love this. I love these funny titles in your excellent. chapter. That's excellent. Great. Yeah. No, and really the punnier, the better, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And really thinking a bit more about like, um, hooks, hook lines and, and my first and last line of every chapter, I really think a bit more about like, is this a hook um, in my first line? Is this going to hook somebody in? And am I going to make them turn to the next chapter? Is there something um, that's going to compel them to turn and not put down the book? And it doesn't always have to be like a giant cliffhanger, but just something that's, I think there was a craft book, uh, take off your pants. It called it a symbol crash, something that's visually or mentally like you're thinking about it. So you have to turn that next page. Right. So those are really the changes that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Like new information or um, the stakes get raised all of a sudden or, you know, uh, something like that. Where Exactly. Exactly. To turn the <laughs> stupid page to find out what happens. Do you think your characterization has changed style maybe wise? But yeah, I think, you know, in serial fiction, it doesn't hurt to have your characters be a bit more exaggerated and a bit more larger than life and a bit less subtle. Like they're on the um, stage, you know, yeah. where they have to project. Exactly. So I, I do think, you know, it's made me a little bit less afraid to write some bigger personalities. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And some, some bigger voice. I think, you know, my voice has changed and, and just like really having character voice more snark maybe i don't know <laughs> but, yeah it's definitely yeah. fun well like dialogue is really good dialogue in books is is a little bit exaggerated anyway yeah. and uh it's like not real conversation but the best conversation you yeah. know uh the gilmore girls sort of you know where they're snapping along and they're doing this you're going that's not real at all except that it's fun to watch so you know i wish conversation really was that way you know yeah exactly so, so yeah it's good yeah Oh, wow. So how did you and your partner find each other, your oh, writing so partner? We have been um, writer friends for about 14 or 15 years, I guess. We were in a writer's group together uh, in Michigan, like a real life writer's group. Like in person? Way, like, yeah, like an actual <laughs> in-person writer's group. When, and so when I was a baby writer, like when I had first started writing, um, and I really wanted to write a steampunk novel and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so we, just, we, we collaborated on that. And that was our first book. We put that oh, out awesome. um, yes. tr- through a small press, like traditionally published. And uh-huh. then uh, when this came around again, I was like, Hey, we, we want to do this. We, we should try this. This was, you know, we had fun writing together before we should give this a go. And wow. Yeah. Why not? Right. 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 So, um, we're both three three story method certified editors. That is such a mouthful. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> where can authors find your services? Oh, um, I'm at christinedagelbooks.com. So Daigle is D-A-I-G-L-E, mm-hmm. pronounced like bagel, christinedagelbooks.com. <laughs> and my author services page is there and all of my writerly stuff is there. So anyone who's looking sure for that's me, in there. the show notes. <laughs> So, like a bagel. <laughs> so when you go under your, your writer name, LP Styles, it's really you and your co-writer going under mm-hmm. one name. Yeah. yeah. So actually we had published, so our traditionally published book is published under both of our names. Oh, okay. Um, when Vela had first come out, you could only put one author name. Ooh. So we were like, well, that's silly. And we kind of wanted to keep it separate from our traditional publishing a little bit. So we're mm-hmm. like, well, let's just do 
um, a pen name. And so the pen name is actually a joke. It's one of the names of um, our characters from our traditionally published steampunk novel, Lord Peter <laughs> Styles. So we put LP Styles. It's Lord Peter Styles, and it, it's a joke from our it's first book. It's a great joke. Yeah, we, do. <laughs> we actually reference that in one of our um, our um, our episodes. He's got a, a Dagolin Sternberg emerald key on his shelf. So. <laughs> It's a little Easter egg. Oh, that's a little that. Easter egg. I love it. <laughs> now, um, I also want to talk a little bit about your your podcast because mm-hmm. it's very fitting that it's a serial fiction podcast. Yeah. Is, is that because of serial fiction or is that because it was just the name before y'all started this? Well, actually, it was because um, how I learned about writer endeavors or how I learned about craft or what's going on in the business is through mm-hmm. podcasts. So when I had first heard about Vela uh, in April 2021, I went looking for serial fiction podcasts so I could learn how to do serial fiction. And there weren't any. <laughs> so and I there weren't that. any. Perfect. <laughs> so I said, like, oh, I guess I better start one then because there aren't any. <laughs> and I can have other authors who know what they're doing and we can come on and talk about serial fiction and we can learn together. So Excellent. yeah, I co-host that with uh, JP Reinflesh, who also writes um, serial fiction. He writes the nerd serial and it's been awesome. We've had a blast doing it. Yeah. A lot of great authors. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really great. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm just going to back up a little bit because sure. everybody has their own story. How did you get started writing? <laughs> I mean, why did you start and how did you start? Okay. So why did I start writing? So I started writing because um, my son was born and I was at home and bored. <laughs> like there's only so much laundry you can do. Right. So much daytime TV you can watch. And I was just not used to not being cognitively stimulated. I had just at the time finished um, my master's degree and I was starting on a, a PhD, but I had taken some time off to, uh-huh. to have my son and I was really, really bored. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, I'm going to write um, an epic fantasy novel. I don't know why I wanted to do that. I'm like, people are right that, like that. I'll write that. So that was my people first. People always attack. start there, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so bad. I, I read some of it on our serial fiction show. We brought out like our oldest, worst writing and I read oh, no. some of it. it. It's horrific. So <laughs> you can go listen to serial fiction show after dark. If you want to hear my horrible epic fantasy novel, <laughs> I did that. It was horrible. I knew it was horrible. And then I started on the steampunk and that's kind of, you know, we got that picked up right away. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm okay. So I guess I right. better keep writing. <laughs> no, that's great. No, that's a great story. But you're you are doing the thing that you were uh, getting all prepared to do too, right? Mm-hmm. In real life, you know, yep. if you will. <laughs> yeah. So what is it that you do? If you don't mind, oh, for my day that. job. Yeah, so, yeah. I actually have a, a doctorate degree in clinical neuropsychology. Oh. So you're really smart. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I do. Well, I guess I don't know if I'm smart or just tenacious. I think Uh, it's the latter. I don't think I'm very smart. I think I'm just tenacious and did a lot of hoop jumping. But um, yeah, so yeah, I started in in brains. (laughs) That's where I started. (laughs) No, but that's great because you know that that trans I say no experience is wasted. It's always it always applies to something later down the line, and you bring in that experience and it applies. So the tenacious part is directly applicable to being an author. So for sure, for sure. You need a lot of tenacity to publish. <laughs> so you're not sure about writing more serials after this kind of what kind of things are swirling yeah. around in your head. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll probably just write Molecule Thief forever. I think we're just going to probably write that for the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, 
but we we are thinking about putting it out uh, in book form. So I think we do have probably the equivalent of three novels mm-hmm. uh, shortly, two and soon to be three. So we probably will put those out. So um, how does that work? It doesn't stay point. in Vela forever. You can yeah, you absolutely it. can. So um, you only have to have ten episodes, and the last episode has to be published for thirty days, and you can publish them in book form. So you can put it in KU or you can put it wide. There's no restriction on um, book form. So you can leave it both places and and have it in both formats. So I think we well, are probably going to do that. I think that's something that Amazon has done correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I really, I really hate the way they do ACX, uh, ACX you know, with that big long-term commitment. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they're kind of thinking about, I don't know the latest on that, but anyway, that always put me off. It's like, I don't want to like commit to indentured servitude for (laughs) seven years, seven years. It's forever. Yeah. It's forever in the publishing world. I just can't get over it. And so I'm really happy to hear that they've got a more reasonable, a reasonable policy on this. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. They had started out saying, no, it's going to be exclusive, but they got huge pushback from the author community and said, no, you've got to let us publish this on other platforms. And they did change pretty quickly their terms of service on that. So that well, was especially if they wanted, yeah, especially if they yeah. wanted to uh, attract the really big names to get it going. Exactly. Like you, you're not going to get, you know, some of the really big names if you're going to be exclusive like that, right. You're just not going to tolerate right. it. So yeah. yay. <laughs> yay. Yay. Well, Christine, that's really all I had to cover today. I just really wanted to, to learn at the feet of somebody that's been doing it for a while and doing such a good job of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that it seems to be going well and that y'all have a future for that material as well. So yeah. excellent. Excellent. Um, is there anything, anything else you want to promote while you're here? Is there anything that's coming up or, or just go listen to the show? Yeah, Go listen to our podcast, you know, come find me at christinedagobooks.com and just anyone who's thinking about serial fiction, you know, I encourage you just to join, um, you know, a Vela community or a serial fiction community, get your questions answered, mm-hmm. you know, give it a try, you know, and then like, go, find, no go find the molecule thief and, and start reading it. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Christine. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you later then. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing.